0: Really
1: cool look. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back with the DJ Life podcast. Pow 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 pow. Oh, he's on it tonight, ladies
2: it. and gentlemen. He's on it. On it. DJ Rick Webb. Eric Dude glasses. Dude with glasses. <laughs> we're never going
1: to let that one slide. And tonight we're joined all the way from NYC, well, Long Island, right? Long Island. Um we got Brandon in the booth, uh Red Max. What what is the brand name at this point? Like you got like seven.
0: So uh we have two for Where have for you consolidated? Event. Is it consolidated yeah. now? <laughs> Red, Red Max Events is the main one. Uh and then we have Red Max products, which is what we we do debut at the, the expo every year. So
1: Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. So yep. just two. Just two. You had like four yeah, I
0: mean, at one I have- point. <laughs> Yeah, I have some other companies and brands and stuff, but those are the two that like no pertain to this. Yeah.
2: yeah. Right. Yeah, don't, don't worry about the <laughs> I got a couple ones. other things in the world. Side project. Don't <laughs> worry about that. Yeah. It. Well we
0: have like the Christmas experience and stuff, you know, that that's its own company and so
2: Yeah. Uh, so if you don't follow Brandon, uh, I'll give you a warning. He is a he's the definition of a serial entrepreneur. Like literally just uh, Starts a business out of everything. And well, let's just thing. start about
1: like, like uh, let's go back to quarantine fucking live streams, and we're all talking about like how much we hate the word. Everyone's pivoting and doing something different.
2: And, Brandon and, actually fucking right. pivoted right. Yeah. and did Not something fucking fair. different. So prior prior to COVID, because we'll we'll go down the rabbit hole, but prior to COVID, <laughs> were you DJing? How do we even like? I don't even know what I was, and I was because that's kind of when like, I met that's... you. You know. Yeah. Yes. I feel like COVID I changed your whole landscape DJ.
1: of like your company and everything you guys were doing, unless that was in the works to start with, but predominantly. No,
0: it, it it wasn't. Yeah. I mean, I always had a, a bigger vision than just being a single op DJ. Um, and it started to morph into being a bigger vision than being just a multi op DJ company. Mm-hmm. But never would I have imagined uh, that we'd be doing exactly what we're doing today mm-hmm. um, in 10 years, let alone just after the pandemic. Um, so yeah, but I, I started as a DJ. Um, I was like 13 years old. Uh, I don't know if I was actually DJing. I think I was just pressing buttons and pressing play and pause on tracks, but, um, was doing a lot of like family parties and friends of family parties and school events. And then, um, I got a, a photo booth and I started actually for my sister's wedding. She wanted a photo booth, but she was spending a lot of money on a wedding band and she was about to kind of ditch the idea of it and i said you know what i dj i see all these djs are adding photo booths let me look into something and she was actually at the point where she was going to just put an ipad out Mm -hmm. with an app that she found that does photo booths and this is like when ipad photo booths really were like not even a thing in the photo booth community um and so i said you know what that's that's interesting i'll I'll build some kind of casing for it like the other photo booths that use surfaces and stuff i'll mount the light in it i'll make this whole thing mm-hmm. um we'll use it for your wedding and i'm sure i could can sell it again and then that's really like the last thing i could think of that just kind of snowballed into everything else of like okay now i could add a hedge wall backdrop uh-huh. now i could add tvs now i could add this now i could add that and it just became this never-ending thing of like all right what can Clients potentially rent from us, and what can we get to to have in our inventory? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. What would you describe? Um, so, like your current state of the company, what is like? What would you describe what you guys do now?
0: Yeah. So we're we're really like an experiential marketing um, fabrication company, uh, or like creative fabrication company. Um, in the New York City market, particularly, there's there's a large large need for this. And there's a lot of companies that um, don't do everything we do. They specialize in like one particular thing, mm-hmm. and there's a good spot for that. Like they definitely, you know, they they get work. Um, but we really capitalized on like being a one-stop shop for those same clients and event planners and event agencies that would have to shop at a print place at a fabrication company and at an event rental place. And now they pick up the phone and call us and we can handle all of those for them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So predominantly it's a lot of custom stuff now. That's what I see you guys. I mean, that's why you guys invest yeah. in these giant printers. Um, yeah.
0: It's, it's a lot of custom and a lot of uh, mostly corporate, I would say nine out of 10 jobs that we do now are corporate uh, for some kind of brand or company.
1: Mm-hmm. Cool. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's crazy where you, where you guys have gone with it in terms of just being so, uh, cause like a lot of the stuff I, I dabble in custom stuff. We've talked about some of the things I've done with like trees and mm-hmm. shit like that. We're actually making, uh, bunting banners because they want custom colors now for this corporate event next week. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so,
2: you're still you still do your drumming though. I see your post still. That's where I was calling drumming?
0: I do drum a lot still. Um, and people ask me all the time either either why do you do that?" or they'll call me in like a pinch and they're like, "Hey, I know you don't really drum anymore, blah, blah, blah. And I'm, I'm like, what are you talking about? I definitely I definitely do. Um, I've been playing drums since I was four, so that's like fun to me. Um, I stopped for a while when I was taking the business a little more seriously in the beginning, because I was like, all right, this is where I'm going to make a living. Uh, I'm not going to be a rock star. I'm not going to go travel the world in a rock band. So I kind of stopped playing drums. And then I saw that people were playing percussion along with wedding DJs. And that's when I kind of got back into it, like when I was at my senior year, high school or so. Um, And I had a lot of fun with it and I still do. So the reason I still play, play percussion is because for me, it's, it's a lot easier a lot stress you know a lot less stress on me um, and I could still run and operate everything I am on my company's level mm-hmm. I could have trucks out doing jobs that I managed all during the week and made sure they're set and good to go and then I show up for four hours I play drums I have fun with it, it doesn't feel like work right. I collect a nice little paycheck and I get to go home and if I need to I have so much downtime when I'm drumming because I don't drum for four hours straight mm-hmm. yeah, there's all I the mean, formalities yeah. in a wedding that you yeah. know I'm not I go out to the lobby and I sit on my phone so I can answer emails. I can call my guys and check in and I could still kind of handle my business uh-huh. and not interfere with the quality and attention I'm giving to the party. Um, but also not interfere with my company where I feel like I'm pulling away from that to go help someone else. Cause when I do play drums, it's, it's freelancing. I work for any DJ company that, you know, calls yeah, you me. Just, so. Right.
2: I, uh, anytime we get a call for, it's not even necessarily a drummer down here, but some sort of like musician fusion situation. Cause that doesn't happen here. And if it does, it's very rare, you know? And I'm always like, where are you from? You know, like I have a (laughs) feeling you're from New Jersey or or New York or like just one of those, like, you know, up North States. Cause like, it just doesn't happen here. But, uh, now that we're kind of operating, you know, in New Jersey, all those i'm just like and talk to greg perfect talk to greg don't know you know like yeah um but that's cool uh it's you know uh i guess we're more simple down here so what does it take to run that sort
1: of thing um i see you got a lot of people working on the day-to-day building and custom trying to prototype a lot of this stuff that you guys are making what what's like the the back end side of things now like what are you staffing at this point
0: so uh we run about like we ran about six people all through the winter and which is our slow season Mm -hmm. um full time in our office that's 40 hours a week um and you know we have enough work that we're we're working all eight hours you know a day besides lunch breaks and stuff it's it's a lot of like you said just kind of prototyping or a lot of it's just like trying different things because this stuff is so custom that we're doing Hell, five out of 10 times there isn't really an answer. Um, and our team kind of learned that quickly of like, even when they come to me with an answer of like, Oh, is this how we're doing this? I'm like, yeah, let's try it. Let's see if that works. You know, uh, let's see how we're going to do that. We just had to create this wall for tomorrow with these curved corners and they're 20 inch deep fabricated wall structures. Um, that we had to get not only like wiggle board and plywood that's bendable to create the outside shell, but we needed a one and a half inch molding that goes around it to mount our led strips in. And so it was the first time we were working with a, a rubber molding and it's a, a molding strip that's actually bendable. So you can bend it to where you need it, shoot it in and then paint it. Um, so a lot of just little like trial and error stuff. There's, I mean, we were CNCing, plaques for amazon and we we cut them out we put them on the wall we're like "Eh, we don't like the way this looks it looks out of proportion let's go cut a new one so um that's kind of what keeps us busy on the day-to-day of just trying different things figuring things out um between designing graphics in the office Mm -hmm. actually running and producing them on the machines and and operating the machines and then our team in the the workshop that's building and, and fabricating pieces um then i have painters that will call in periodically once those pieces are ready to be to be painted and finished um and then we have our crew that goes out and sets things up that goes out and does our runs with the trucks during the week to go to home depot and pick things up to keep our shelves stocked i mean it's, it's that was never actually going
1: to be a question <laughs> of mine i was wondering because I, I don't know like long Island, so, do you like have a home fuck a home depot and shit like this like mm-hmm. okay yeah
0: so we have home depot and lowe's is honestly where we do most of our shopping we have commercial accounts with both of them, but that's where we buy almost everything from paint, wood, hardware, everything like that. And then we have some specialty local like hardware places or plywood places that we can get our like nicer finished pieces from. Um, We actually just got for the, the MailChimp event, I was showing you guys the arch. They wanted these cylinders, these 12 inch cylinders that were like black and white checkerboard and whatever. So we actually found a local lumber shop that sells plywood cylinders all finished and you just cut them (laughs) down to whatever size. So we got those and then we vinyl wrapped them with the checkerboard and painted the tops and stuff. So, um, but yeah, we, we shop primarily at, at I can't even imagine Uh, what's the stress level
1: like on making some of this stuff. Like, I feel like there's gotta be like a lot of really close calls. Like tomorrow's the event we're running we, we still haven't really figured this out. I feel like that's like, what's yeah, the lead I mean, time? Do you, do you like talk to these clients about like how much lead time you need to make sure that this is plausible to be, get it done?
2: Yeah, I guess.
0: I mean, the the thing we always say is uh, everything is possible. Um, if you put the right dollar amount on anything, it's, it's doable. <laughs> right. I don't care. You know, yeah. people say, yeah, well, absolutely. I don't have the manpower. I don't have the manpower okay but if you made five phone calls right now and you needed the manpower and you had unlimited money you would get that manpower, yeah, right yeah. if you needed this material overnighted i mean actually we ordered something from north carolina um an seg frame system with built-in leds and stuff we ordered it last minute for a, a corporate client um we needed it to get to us the next day they put it in a crate Threw it in a van, and a guy drove straight overnight from North Carolina to us. And he was—I showed up to my warehouse at eight o'clock in the morning, and he was next door at the deli. I called him. He drove around and unloaded this thing. It was a private courier service. Mm-hmm. Um, but to that point, I mean, they were—they literally said to me on the phone, "They're like, this is impossible to get to you tomorrow," and I'm like. Do you have it on the shelf? Can you put it in a crate and drive it here overnight? Because North Carolina is a twelve-hour drive, so that gets it here by seven thirty. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and they're, they're like, "Are right. you crazy?"
0: <laughs> they said, "They said, let me make a call." And they came back and they said, "For seventeen hundred dollars, we'll have to set your front door tomorrow." Let's <laughs> <That's laughs> like, do it. That's yeah, so, you know, it's I crazy.
2: I can't even imagine the learning curve as you as you progressed uh basically i'll I'll say like how many l's you had to take on that learning curve of properly pricing your jobs i don't don't even know how the fuck you and obviously you're way more knowledgeable of all these details than i would be but there seem to be a countless amount of moving parts and like things you have never even worked with i'd imagine Mm -hmm. uh I'm, like your, your recent project, you know, you named like two or three things you'd never even used before. So as you're, mm-hmm. and I, I realized your profit margins higher than nothing, you know, so there's, you got some wiggle room, I would imagine, but I don't know. I, that's probably really fucking hard.
1: So, <laughs> you know? so I, I'm curious on that too, because, so we're, we're starting to dabble. Um, we got a good relationship with one of the, the bigger um, venues that does a lot of the bigger corporate events for like Ashley furniture and a lot of our headquarters mm-hmm. that are based in this area and we're starting to do some more customary stuff for them specifically because that's like a niche they want to get into Cor- You, you know exactly what I'm saying. The corporate clients will pay for something that's really tailored to their brand and their vision and the, the message they're trying to convey and whatnot. Um, but we've, a lot of times we've been able to go back to them and be like, Hey, so what we quote originally is not possible. Um, Like it's going to cost more. And I'm curious, is that sort of the same sort of deal along the lines of what he's saying, where you can go back to some people and...
2: 100%. So the, the
0: corporate world and the... We work a lot with agencies. So we work with these creative agencies, these design agencies that are hired by the Fortune 500 companies to basically, just make sure their brand is being portrayed the right way, pick the colors, pick the elements, hire the florists, make sure everything's tied together and whatnot, and hire the fabricators and and so on. So we work a lot with these agencies. um, And they're the ones that are working with an overall budget. They're not billing the client item for item, the client doesn't even know item for item what they're getting, right? It's just that they have to allot the budget accordingly. Um, So with that said, I mean, pretty much everything we create is custom. Like you said, it's not off the shelf. Um, It doesn't exist in a catalog. You can't just Google it and press add to cart. There is no it doesn't exist. So because of that, to a certain extent, it becomes a a name your price thing. Um, And as long as they can afford it, they can afford it. Um, Pricing things is interesting, because there's always that like, okay, this is like probably what it's going to cost. But like you said, what if we do have to reprint this. What if we do have to rebuild this? What if we start to put this thing together and it,
1: it just doesn't
0: stand good. up on yeah. its own, or it's not working, and we have to recreate? So we have kind of figured things out to a good extent on our end of how to figure that out and make it, you know, make it work where we have room for that error and for that play, and when we don't need it, works out in our favor. You know, um, when we don't have to to use that extra that we built in, so. Um but it is it's a tricky game. It's trial and error. It's knowing materials, being able to quickly search materials and judge, you know, okay, if this yeah. sheet of plywood's sixty, let's count on it being one twenty because we might decide we, you know,
1: need a whole nother one
0: wanna get a nicer finished or need a different one or a second one or whatever, you know. So yeah, it's definitely uh interesting. But it's the same thing of, you know, for the DJ industry anything you could do to put their logo on your front board to put their logo on your photo booth itself or hang a custom, you know, you're talking about the neon signs, like hang a custom neon sign on a hedge wall.
1: Like even
0: something as simple as that mm-hmm. allows you to go from charging X amount for your hedge wall to XX amount, just yep. because you put their logo on it. Like it's that, it's that simple.
1: It, it's funny. The the venue we work with here, they're doing kind of like that agency thing on a small scale So they're like the agent for the clients. I've talked to them before. Basically, the client gives them a budget, and then they're the ones paying us to do the stuff, and we're negotiating with them on like, Mm -hmm. hey, we can do this, and they're just trying to get really creative and custom. They got these big budgets to work with, and honestly, the way she talked to me, she's like, I just really want someone that can help us make – a bigger impression on these people Mm so that they keep wanting to come back every year and work with us and spend their budget at our venue, which is kind of, kind of freaking dope,
0: but it is. And that's the one thing I learned too, is like to just always go one step above and beyond for them. And so like, yes, a lot of times it's very rewarding and they can give you a large budget or they can give you, you know, Little bit more than what you might normally get for a particular thing. And if you could just go the little extra to make sure everything is perfect or add something additional or you know i mean a lot of times like we do print in-house so it's easier for us but Mm -hmm. a lot of times we'll print two of everything we show up to the event with two just in case something gets damaged and they get the extra set so hey we have an extra of this logo we have an extra of this you guys want to take it do you want to put it somewhere else at the event and um that goes a long way because it just to them it looks like you're not taking advantage of their budget and that you're just trying to make as much profit as possible, but that you actually care about like maximizing their budget and being fair. But these, these companies, these agencies, the fortune 500s, I mean, they're in business to be in business and make money. They know we're the same, you know, they, they get it. They're not trying to bargain and look for the best price. So. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So you mentioned this in our pre-show, but all this customary stuff you have to make all the time, uh, do you ever try to make them with the intent of, Oh, we could, uh, take that, that graphic off it and reuse this potentially in the future for another client. Um, and then I guess, is your warehouse getting overstocked at this point with all the random custom stuff you guys are making, or do you like disassemble stuff after a while or try to repurpose? So
0: it's a loaded, loaded it question is. <laughs> that I'll try and keep in short. Um, and it, it's a little complicated for us, but basically um being able to reuse something um is a gray area. We sign a lot of NDAs, we mm. sign a lot of like contracts with these companies where we're fabricating pieces that by contract have to be destroyed. And like we've Damn. literally taken pieces outside with a sledgehammer and oh, destroyed them. So in that's a fun dumpster. Friday.
1: <laughs> Friday.
0: Because we we have to, you know, they just for the amount it's of money crazy. they paid us and for it being custom and proprietary to them, they don't want it being used for you know anyone else, and rightfully mm-hmm. so. So, yeah. um, that is is one exception. Uh, there is some other stuff that comes back that's just fucking cool, and we want to hang it on the wall or put it up in our you know meeting room or whatever for people to say just as like a talking piece. Yeah, and we might never rent it out again. We'll just keep it there until something cooler comes back. Right, um, but that's kind of part two of it. And then part three, which is usually when the client's budget isn't as large as we'd like to fully fabricate something from start to finish or with the best materials or whatever is when we'll go the route of designing it in a way that we could easily reuse it. And that's something that, you know, it has to make sense. It's not gonna be like a 3D sculpture of their logo. It's gonna be something that we could easily rebrand or swap something out. Or just put a new color paint on it, but um, some of the pieces we have going out tomorrow actually, like this custom desk we built, they just they didn't have the budget for us to fully build it just for them kind of thing. So mm-hmm. we ended up giving them some restrictions on design and size and colors and stuff, so that we can have it as a more generic desk that we can then have in our inventory. Um, so that kind of answers your part one, part two of the warehouse being yeah. full um because of the other business the christmas land experience that we have it's a christmas walkthrough that we produce um and so a lot of what comes back that we can reuse or repurpose we send there it's kind of like our graveyard but um we repaint it we'll we'll make an arch that comes back painted Mm. red and white candy cane stripes and Mm. put it over the candy cane forest and we use a lot of wall flats and a lot of things that we build for events we just send them there and repurpose them because uh because we do produce that anywhere we can you know save a few dollars on build or material end mm-hmm. on that end it you know helps us out so so and it saves us space in our warehouse
1: yeah yeah <laughs> so moving over to christmas your your christmas land that was the first year of it wasn't it um just last past- year was first year So are you guys no longer doing that Christmas? You did like during COVID the Christmas at the museum where there was all the lights and everything. Is that still going on? We have not been doing that. that? Um,
0: I still have all those wire displays. It was actually a little sad last year because they all just sat on pallets collecting dust. Um, We need to talk.
1: I might need them. Yeah.
0: (laughs) We, uh, we didn't do that last year. It was a lot. It was, it was fun. It was worth it. But this new experience was just, more fun for us with the direction we we're going with events because it was indoors and we could get Climate a lot controlled. of you know, <laughs> creativity flowing and fabrication and stuff it was easier than driving around several you know dozen acres with a golf cart in the freezing in cold the freezing trying cold to wire up christmas icing. lights yeah. you know in 2 weeks after thanksgiving so i mean we've been we've been at christmas land basically on a weekly basis since january working like one day a week just rebuilding for next year so we've kind nice. of taking our time with it and and whatnot so
1: and christmas Land is built almost like um a selfie station in a way where i these 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 things really haven't made their way to north carolina but there's a couple now where it's basically like a little like museum of there's illusions all all or, these like little 10 by 10 areas where they're like they're just photo op areas
0: so right those are very popular by us there's like museum of illusions and there's museum of like ice cream or candy there's one called Candytopia. there's there's a ton of these ones that yeah are, are pretty much identical to what you're saying they're like these 10 by 10 rooms that you take photos in and whatnot and so we saw that idea but ours was a little more unique in the fact that we built it out to be entire environments um and so we had a 20 foot by 20 foot candy cane forest fully vinyl wrapped floor uh 12 foot candy canes 10 foot candy canes six foot candy canes all commercial resin red and white twinkle lights white drape around it i mean fake snow on the ground like everything and it was really like an environment that you got immersed into we built a life-size gingerbread house that you could take photos in front of and inside um we built like a ice maze and all this different, you know, these environments. So similar to the fact that like the main point of it is a photo experience for you to walk through, but for those who might want, you know, might not want to take photos or um, just to kind of set us apart, we made it more of like an environment thing. So we would say that we had like over 20 different environments that you can go through, walk through, take photos the environments allow you to take more like videos. You mm-hmm. could take full three sixty videos inside of them and really feel like you're you're in it more so than a ten by ten room with some
2: prints. We uh me and my wife weird uh that's fresh that's why it's weird by the way uh so no uh we were in las vegas right and uh it's when i proposed right originally so we're in uh-huh. las vegas um super original right uh so anyways we're in one of those little photo op studios and i would never seen one uh but there was one kind of by the In-N-Out burger, like, whatever. It doesn't matter. Never Uh, been there. But, (coughs) excuse me. Dying. The kid working there, right? His little Asian kid or whatever. And he, like, followed us around with uh, her phone. It was like, she, like, unlocked her phone and handed it to him. Interesting. uh, And he basically would tell us, per room, how How to to take advantage of the, you know, and I've never never been to one of these rooms. It was pretty cool. You know, I mean, the first one, like whatever, like looking through a mirror, whatever the fuck we're doing, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And it was funny because there's like a a family behind us with the other worker and they're trying to lag. You can tell because we're taking forever or whatever. And they're like waiting for us to move through. And the final one is a, a flower overhang thing with... A, a backdrop that looks 3d. And, uh, you know, uh, Rachel yeah. was like, Oh, what do people do in this one? And he was like, ah, well, you know, usually like fake proposals, but you know, it's kind of stupid. And I was like, oh! you know maybe we could try it you know, i was like well you know we could do this one you know because it was like i had that fucking ring in my pocket and i was like i didn't know what to do you know and it was like you the no perfect plan. i well i did have a plan but <laughs> rachel's fucking aggressive and she That's ruined amazing. my original plan we were at the bellagio and i was just gonna do it in their little yeah art the flowers room. yeah and... and we were there and super busy. And I was like, Ooh, have this sweet old lady take our picture. And I was going to do it then. Cause she was going to take forever didn't like and just... care. And Rachel was like, no. And like, g- ask this fucking dude who was just in such a hurry, you know? And I was like, Oh my God. So it just fucked it all up. Um, so, anyways, so
1: you made the mistake of not hiring a photographer.
2: It, that would have been so hard. And I, it's no, it's fine. Not. Whatever. It's so
1: easy. I did it. It's not
2: whatever. It's not, no, I did not hire a photographer. It's not hard. I, Actually, I did, and it was this little Asian kid, but uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it just happened to not be the original plan. Um, so uh, That's so hilarious. anyways, uh, you know I we walked up there and I had the ring in my pocket and I pulled it out or whatever and went down on my knee and stuff and she thought it was a prop and she just like gives me the finger, right <laughs> and 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 then like she sees I'm like turning red kind of thing like and fleshing. like and looks closer cuz i mean this definitely does not look you know it's, it's fucking, fucking real ass diamond ring mm-hmm. and uh but the kid is like taking a video and the family behind us the mom or whatever was like oh like he is proposing and it was like a fucking ordeal and i got it all on videotape it was super fucking funny um so i really like those little photo op things uh yeah super cool that's my story with one (laughs) that's awesome
0: yeah we had someone uh proposing in ours too it was pretty wild Uh we had a duck come through we had like a duck people celebrating birthdays did you say a real yeah i don't know
2: Oh, wait, no, I I remember
0: seeing this on socials.
1: I remember seeing this on socials, like, they're following a fucking duck for your Christmas land.
0: Yeah, it was the weirdest thing ever, but this guy, uh, the duck's name is Seductive. He has an Instagram account. You're um,
2: you're talking about a real duck.
0: Yeah, a real duck. A real duck. He ran the New York City Marathon. He's, like, famous. It's, like, this little duck, (laughs) and... so this guy messages me, uh, well, messages the Christmasland Instagram, and he's like, "Hey, would seductive be able to come visit? We're going to be in town, blah blah blah." And at first, I was like, I, "We don't really allow pets," or like, uh-huh. and then he wrote back this whole like paragraph that kind of made me like second guess it, but also he's like, like right, "We'll just, sue you if you say no." No, <laughs> no, it was, it was like, like we're ex <laughs> following can grow your business this oh, right. way. <laughs> No, it was like a reverse psychology thing of like, well, seductive is a real duck. He's an emotional support duck. Blah blah blah. Whatever. Oh god, he's got tons of followers and all this stuff. <laughs> so then I actually clicked on his account though. He had a hundred six thousand followers. Really? All of his videos on his Instagram get like fifty six thousand views. And so I'm like, all right,
1: advertising. You know, what?
0: maybe maybe this duck can come in for advertising. We'll give him free tickets, or whatever. Uh-huh. So I told him he could bring the duck down, whatever, and as long as you know there's no issues and he's you know not. Causing any harm or whatever to our other guests, then that's fine. So um, he brought him through, and I mean it was adorable. He took a picture in front of our deck the hall sign, mm-hmm. and we crossed it out
2: and wrote duck the halls.
0: <laughs> and and then uh, animal, co- just,
2: and animal control just shot yeah. his ass. <laughs> <laughs> get but, that um, out of here! But we
0: have fun with it. So <laughs> we had a lot of uh, unique, you know, experiences inside of our our selfie exhibit. So
1: not to get too nitty. Great. Like you don't have to get into the details on that business, but is that like, how does that work? Is that like you guys solely run, is that like a partnership deal in that? And then is it purely based on ticket sales? Is there
0: any other way that that makes money or? Um, So I I have a partner on that business. Um, He does some uh, Christmas pop-up like dining experiences. We also did a Grinch one this past year together um, that we popped up. So, we partnered on christmas land to produce it he um is very good at like ticket sales marketing it the facebook the text message blast, all that stuff um and my team is more the production and the building that's that's gotcha. what we do yeah. so um we teamed up to kind of produce this thing and rent this space and whatnot so we're actually just renting the space from the Tanger properties mall um it has nothing to do with Tanger. they're not affiliated yeah. in any way but you know, where their tenant. And, um, so we just rent the space out, we produce it. And, um, yeah, we charge, you know, per ticket. Um, there's a few other, like we have a hot chocolate, um, stand in the back that sells hot chocolate and baked goods yeah. and little tchotchke stuff. So it's not solely ticket sales, but, um, essentially it's a, yeah, ticketed event. Yeah.
1: So th- there's no like big sponsor, like segments or anything like that, that people walk up Correct. to like, the fucking state farm
2: Christmas display or something like that.
0: Nope. Yeah. Nope. Okay. Cool. Like
2: that that. Very interesting. So I remember, in COVID times, COVID days, uh, you were you your your original flip was to uh, do the plexiglass blockades, right? That was like the yeah. first kind of uh, pivot. The the segmenting. It was. Um.
0: um. Yeah, so I took—I mean, I took two weeks off. I think as did most of the world. Yeah. Um, because we were told that's all it was going to be. Yeah. And then I started to go crazy, um, not having anything to do. So I, you know, noticed the supermarkets were putting up shower curtains, and uh, you know, all the local stores are putting in these contraptions of plastic and and whatnot. And um, mm-hmm. I started going back to my office just to like work on the computer, shoot videos, and and such, and. Um, we, we were building or at the time just starting to build our own like led event furniture and staging that's made out of aluminum tubing and extrusion and then acrylic. But in that case, it's a white acrylic that lets Mm -hmm. the light shine through. And so we were used to working with those materials and I was like, wait a second, I could just kind of build this in a rectangular frame and put some legs on it and, put clear acrylic in this instead and so i went and ordered a few sheets of clear i built two prototypes and i started designing some models and sketch up of some other like counters for um barbershops and like a medical counter or whatever and then um really just started like instagram messaging and sending blasts out and then we started getting people interested and they were like can you make this custom to our space and at first that wasn't the intent the intent was to build these like three foot versions and six foot versions and and floor standing ones and just sell them. And then the messages kind of changed my mindset on it. And I was like, wait a second. I mean, if I'm just going to go back to the saw and cut the aluminum anyway, why why can't i build it to three foot six inches or whatever size they need Mm -hmm. and so we really like really really focused on making them custom then and marketing it that way Mm -hmm. and i mean we did local courthouses we did trading desk companies in the city we did barber shops we did pizza places and everything was like fit to their counter custom i mean the pizza places we made them they wanted to be able to fit four pizza boxes under the cutouts Mm -hmm. so we made the cutouts on the Mm -hmm. counter to fit that we did tropical smoothie and we made the cutouts. We made literally a tall one just enough to fit a smoothie cup through like, Uh like perfectly custom for them. And so that was really, yeah. The big first pivot that kept us busy for,
2: for a while. Yeah.
1: I will say unlike North Carolina, they probably actually got their lifespan usage out of those in New York.
2: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Well, well, you probably still use them. Honestly, I bet they haven't even taken them quite down everywhere. Um, yeah,
0: there, there are a lot of, businesses like public places and stuff a lot of like um, fast food joints and stuff that still leave them up it's funny like the tropical smoothie i go into still has ours up with our stickers in them and stuff Mm -hmm. um and then there are some that have taken them down Though a lot of offices and private buildings that we did they all took them down yeah um
2: well now that they realize it's not even real yeah why even use it (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) we actually we had one trading desk company that we installed like probably Thirty-something custom guards and uh-huh. all in between all of their cubicles. Um, we basically they had regular office cubicles. I mean, when, when you think about it, it's. I mean, I hate I to say it because it it's going to make me look bad, but like it was a joke, like we literally took their office cubicles that were 16 inches off the top of their desk. And then we built a 12 inch piece of clear plexiglass on top of them to make <laughs> them taller. Like, and right. then there was still space above that. Right. And just in case honestly, Kyle went, I do. <laughs> right. It and, <laughs> reminds yeah. And in most cases, like you sit next to the person in another cubicle.
2: Oh yeah. Back to back. Yeah, in, to back. yeah. Back to back.
0: In front of you. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah. Yeah
2: it reminds yeah it reminds you of those Con. like uh covid memes you'd see of like you know like marching band students with like a mask the, the on cut, but the, a cu- the, a hole cut in the mask for the flu, for flute you know everywhere. like and just I, obviously not the same but that just reminds me of that i'm man i actually i posted about it i threw away i had a a stash of masks in my car and uh my car has a really small center console. So it just took up the entire center console and I've hated it ever since. I also hate the masks also, but it was just annoying that I still had it. And, uh, my, the pediatrician that, uh, my kid goes to, uh, finally ended the rule on wearing masks. And I was like, fuck yeah, fuck these masks. I finally threw them away. When, uh,
1: I, I don't even know if I'm thankful that like my company was like one of the first ones that were like, we're going back to work and we got to wear a mask. But like, that was like early May. They told us maybe like late April. They're like, yeah, we're going back. It's and I, two ins- I in. instantly went online, like yeah. looking for mask manufacturers and printed the DJ life mask and bought like 400 of them instantly put them up for sale and like sold them all out almost like within like a month. Mm-hmm. And dude, I need like, I need like a uh, message to the people that I still have those masks. Cause I guarantee no one's wearing them anymore if you are i mean mm-hmm. shout out to you but um <laughs> i love like the- literally that was like the biggest like little like COVID like win like just bought like yeah. 400 of them sold them made a couple thousand dollars and i was like yeah <laughs> <laughs> Covid
2: yep. win people wearing the like water uh you you know how like office buildings have the water you can drink and it has the huge water tank yeah. on top and it, like cut neck holes out of that and just put that over their head you've seen pictures like no no oh there's just so the much
1: mean of that guy on over Instagram. here
0: i loved when the uh when the designer companies started catching on and the designer companies were making like masks that were like Physically appealing, but mm-hmm. literally like mesh fabric with right? no medical just, thing just, in them at Just all. nothing, like, yeah. Yeah, right. it, was, it was literally... Just look was... pretty so that you could get into a place. Uh-huh, <laughs> <Nothing> yeah.
1: <laughs> and they would have like the gold pretty. chains attached to them and everything. Like yeah. <laughs> It was complete fashion bullshit. <laughs> right. Oh my yeah. God. It
2: was a wild time. Yeah, wild times are right. But so, I mean, yeah, you were building all these custom plastic things. And I guess, I mean, and yet again, I don't really know, but... Uh, that just like you just got deeper and deeper and deeper and now you're building fucking you know archways for Pornhub and
1: stuff so I like alluded to it but like (laughs) hey
2: repurposed for Christmas though that would be a good client (laughs) How funny you're would going that to re- be? Repurpose They're like, the glory hole, <laughs> right? It's like it's like oh well, this is a cute photo op. It's like it's got eye holes cut, but it's like only what one people eye doing this one. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, oh uh, well, you know, we had this one job once. This is not a big deal.
0: <laughs> Cue the uh, the
2: browser's theme. I'm out. <laughs> God hey, damn it. it's in the spirit of Christmas. Nah, okay? he'd probably
1: repurpose that for like the. Hu- the what what's the the Halloween one you guys do? you still do the one out at the mansion or the
0: museum right the Halloween oh yeah, you thing. do a haunted we used house to, we stopped oh. the haunted house too because that oh, really? one was a lot of work for very little return really? um it was more just like a passion project for us like uh, you I know you fairly breaking year. even kind of thing. you um, didn't do it last year but we didn't no
1: I must have been too busy. I didn't realize that you didn't do it. we did, did some
0: Halloween parties and some other mm-hmm. little things we did like a Halloween dining experience with that guy and stuff but nothing um not like a full haunted house like we did the previous yeah. years. So so
1: kind of well I got a couple questions but um when did the printer come into the when did the whole idea of like we can get a we can get a vinyl cut printer and start doing a lot of really 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 custom stuff like um and I know you got a couple now so Uh, so that come into play
0: i guess uh just pre-pandemic um like i'm talking weeks before it started i started getting and ordering from a print company that i was working with like decals for my photo booth for a few events and such and this is literally like march like this is fresh and um i put like a youtube video up on it and such and we were just starting to get into like more branded events but i was just outsourcing everything sending it to a print shop and um but i was at least familiar with that idea and the materials and the machines and stuff and so then COVID hits we get into sneeze guards blah 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 um i needed custom stickers for all the sneeze guards with our logo and like little warning labels and whatever so we ordered those from the print shop and Mm -hmm. i was like wow if i that'd be cool if i had the machine to print this one day blah 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 and um we just kind of started doing it and then as as sneeze guards started to die out a little bit and the orders slowed down i was like reality hit of like okay a people are going to not need these anymore or b everyone's going to have them one of the two is going to hit at some point um will there be some repairs and whatever yeah but not bringing in the type of money that building new ones was and so um i was like i have a feeling one of those is going to happen before events come back and so what is the next thing what can we pivot into you know trying to be proactive about it and so um to me the next thing because i was installing these germ barriers and these sneeze guards at tropical smoothie and somebody came in and was putting down uh social distancing six feet away floor markers stickers we were installing guards at a pizza place and someone was putting up a banner in the front window that said curbside pickup call this number and so i was like i could go get a vinyl printer right now that could print banners and stickers And I could be printing these social distancing floor markers and these banners for the same clients that were doing sneeze guards. I can go back to all of that, you know, all those clients that just ordered sneeze guards and now offer them signage and make money now. And that's stuff that they're going to constantly want to change and update and replace. Mm -hmm. And then when events do come back, now I can print my own photo booth things. I can print my own dance floor wraps. I can print my own graphics and whatnot. And so it was like the next thing that like, you know, it was the same with sneeze guards. Like sneeze guards wasn't just a a money grab. It was a thing that we wanted to do so that we can build up our tools and our workshop and build up our skills, building and fabricating things. Mm. And so it was the same vision with the printer of like, how can we, you know, make money now and you know keep the business afloat, but also advance the event side for when yeah. that comes back. You, and so you use
1: the profits to reinvest and the better tools are going to help you further in your what's eventually exactly. going to come back.
0: Yep, And so that was when the first printer came about was um, still when we were building sneeze guards and stuff. And then uh, we definitely like I think we even printed a few batches of stickers for sneeze guards on that printer once we got it and such. So um, we started using that and then events came back and we started printing a ton more on it. And then as people heard that we had the printer and they were now coming to us for those types of things for events, we started to realize the limit of that printer. And, you know, as much as they can do there, you know, is a reason these print shops have 20 different machines. And so then we started looking into it and we were like, all right, now we need a flatbed printer to service these clients too, um, for these certain things. Now we need a CNC machine to service them for these machines. And now we need this for this and so on. And so, um, just over the past like year or so we added the cnc router that can do full five by 10 sheets and a flatbed printer that can do full five by 10 sheets um and so we've just been kind of adding to our our tool inventory now um and we've actually been selling off some rental inventory so like i sold 150 gold ballroom chairs that we had um just to make room for another machine because that's more the direction we're going than rentals so
1: Gotcha. So, you guys are pivoting out a little bit of uh, rentals and trying to get rid of some of those. Yeah. We're this stuff is not um, kind of corporate yeah.
0: stuff that you would use. Exactly. So, we're keeping like, I mean, Leather we have couches a couple and dozen like hedge walls that we have. Um, And like those, I won't let go because we have three of them going out to this job tomorrow that we're branding and adding wood plaques to and stuff and making them totally custom, but they're just off the shelf pieces so that in the normal we would have to build these for a corporate client and fabricate a hedge wall or whatever but um in most cases we could talk them into the sizing that we already have or design something around the sizing hedge walls we already have and Mm -hmm. just modify them so um there is a lot that's in our inventory our our mini golf course and stuff that we just you know we won't get rid of because my man man
2: has a mini golf course course. the
1: question i've been (laughs) wanting to know is who ha- at what point? What's the story of the initial like who had the idea? Like, you guys are, I just imagine you guys are sitting around a fire drinking or something. And someone's like, We should buy a mini golf course, and you're just like, Profit, <laughs> and you're like, looking <laughs> like old. instantly looking up, you're like, We're buying one tomorrow. Like, how, like, you, I remember literally, in, okay, this let's is, make one. You know, I knew you <laughs> would do something good with it, but literally, I, I watched the first videos I saw in your story of you buying a mini golf course. I said, why the fuck is Brandon buying a fucking mini golf course? <laughs> That's some Mr. <laughs> Mr. Beast
2: stuff right there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what's What's the story Show behind that? It, we're gonna give it away.
2: <laughs> it's funny because you guys literally
0: hit everything like right like a nail on the head. But um and and how it went down. I mean, there was like a two day period of like we should get a mini golf course searching and having a PO for one. Um, (laughs) But the story behind it is this was actually another thing boiling during COVID um, because so in the background of sneeze guards and all that other stuff um, after a year of COVID. So I guess that was what, 2021. We started working with that museum Mm -hmm. and we did the haunted house. They wanted to, because the museum was shut down, And they wanted to bring some income to the property because they couldn't do museum tours. But they had all this space outdoors. So we kind of brainstormed and we are like, why don't we do a haunted house under a tent? It's socially distant. People don't have to wait in a crowded line inside. People aren't getting backed up inside, whatever. It's outdoors. They can roam around. And then we just let a few families through at a time so that we're not exceeding the capacity and whatnot. So um, we did the haunted house. It went extremely well there and then they were like let's do christmas let's do christmas and so we were like okay and this was our first time producing large events of this scale and this was a partnership directly with the museum and so we produced everything built everything brought all the inventory in they provided the property the electric whatever um and we both collaborated on on marketing so then we did christmas and christmas did very well as well and so then we were joking around and we're like, what's next? Like Easter. And um, then, you know, we kind of sat down and we were like, Easter could be interesting. We just, how do we make money on Easter? Like there's not, you know, pictures with the Easter bunny isn't going to bring in enough for either of us. So we were like, how can we turn this into something? So we actually ended up turning it into more of like a, a spring event and we were yeah. like let's go Candyland themed mm. and we'll call it Vandyland because the museum is Vanderbilt. Yeah. Um so they love the idea. They were like, let's do it. What can be like the main attraction? And so then we just started searching like Pinterest boards and everything. We're like Candyland themed events, Candyland themed, Candyland themed, blah blah blah. And there was actually a Candyland themed mini golf course <laughs> in I don't know, somewhere out west. It's a permanent install that like is crazy decorations and everything. And I was like, literally came across it in the meeting on my laptop. And I was like, what do you guys think of mini golf? And they were like, mini golf, like here, how do we like, we can't just start pouring concrete and like rolling out turf and stuff. And I was like, no, like, I think we could build something. And they're like, if you think we can make it happen, like, sure. And so I was like, give us a day or two and let's go back to our office and start looking it up. So, the intent initially was to build and cut plywood and wrap it in turf and build our own mini golf and obstacles and whatnot for this event. Um, And then probably throw it out after that was, it was really just for this event. And then one of my guys at the time had started researching it and he's like portable mini golf course, building a mini golf course, blah, blah, blah. And came across this company that builds and manufactures portable mini golf courses that snap together and you roll out the turf And it's this whole system that's very popular for, like, cruise ships and um, hotels and places that, like, want to set it up for, like, a season, usually, for, like, the summer season, but take it down in the winter so they don't have to maintain it like you do a full-time mini-golf course. And it's a way cheaper build-out for them than a full mini-golf course with rocks and stuff. So we kind of reached out to them and we are like, hey, we're an event company. We want to get this course and rent it out and such. Can you send us a quote? And they didn't really have any clients that did that, that rented it out every weekend. They're like, I mean, it does come apart into pieces, but I don't know how you guys would transport it and travel and blah blah blah. And we're like, all right, well, we'll figure that part out. Yeah, yeah. Just send us a quote. Just give, you just give it sent, the product. You just yeah, give them they, your they, like,
2: <laughs> if there's a price, it can happen.
0: <laughs> well, like. so I wasn't at that point yet, <laughs> um, and so I imagine that price they, tag
1: came back, and you guys were like, oh. <laughs>
0: Wow. Well, yeah. So my <laughs> my guy at the time had gotten the quote and he he showed it to me and I was like, shit. Like yeah, that imagine. is a lot of money. I was like, we're just gonna go to Home Depot and get two by fours. <laughs> yeah. And then that night I, I was thinking about it and I'm like, that's a lot of money for that one event for us to produce. Yeah. But that's not a lot of money for us to be able to rent this out. 10 times a summer, let alone 50 times a summer, 100 times a summer, whatever. So we actually, the next day, started messaging breweries and hotels and festivals and all these places, sending them pictures off their website saying, hey, we just added this mini golf course to our inventory. Is this something you guys would be interested in having, Uh blah, 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 whatever. This was before even submitting the PO, placing the order and whatnot. Yeah, seeing what um, they want just gauging interest. And survey. people were like, Oh my God, can you set this up indoors? Can you set it up out?" like asking questions? And I said to him, I'm like, all right, I'm going to order it today. How many clubs should we get? How many balls should we get? Like which color obstacles, whatever. And, uh, we literally ordered it the next day and, um, we used it for that event. It did phenomenal because there's a full size mini golf course at, at a mansion property that never existed before. And, um, and then we continued to rent it out all season. Um, so It was an interesting, we just kind of stumbled into it. And it's probably one of our top selling services next to like custom fabricated pieces. And to tie it all together now, like full circle, we send the course out a lot fully customized. Like we just sent out nine holes to um, a place in the city for American Express. And we themed every hole to a sport. So one of the holes was bowling themed. We actually custom printed turf We vinyl wrapped the edges and we built a, we fabricated a prop that looks like a bowling alley pin system with two haunted house motors in it because we learned how to use motors from our haunted house and the motors lift the pins up and down. So you have to putt through them. So we like, we fabricated all these crazy pieces and stuff for it and, fully branded this mini golf course but and you said american I mean,
2: express right right every time you yeah, shoot the ball AMX. uh it just like heard, knocks it I heard from a- the hole I heard amx it just knocks the <laughs> ball away from the hole and it's like your car's not good here <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like sorry we don't please, we don't take we swipe. don't take amx
0: <laughs> please swipe <laughs>
1: Yeah, one of those lame businesses that doesn't accept AMX. I want to
2: fucking kill them. Costco, (laughs) Costco.
1: Um, Cleveland Terry
2: in the chat. Why why does Brandon look like he's trying to climb out of a lake? Out of the lake. Is it? You you mean maybe because (laughs) his. Cameras like oh, aimed up. Around. Oh yeah. Oh no. either that or it's bouncing around. Yeah. I don't know. I'll tell you what though, you must have a really uh good jawline. If I had a camera aimed the way yours is, I just look like job of the hut. Yeah, nothing like, but a bulge here. You know what I mean? I would you'd even you'd be like, Who the fuck is this? Give him give him five years Shrek let's see what, looking, let's see what he looks like
1: in five years.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's young. Yeah. He's like a, he, he's the man, but he's young, let me tell you.
1: What are you now, Brandon? Twenty three?
0: 24 just turned 24 a few
1: weeks ago last week props finally getting up there Rick you're like 25
0: (laughs) almost a quarter of the way there nice 28 (laughs)
2: dog 25 28 I got 25 whatever Brandon
1: graduated high school this time I graduated college so put that
2: there you go whatever
1: but he's killing it um working with AMX um beauty of working in big downtown New York um no, that's it, it. makes a lot of sense when you put it in that perspective on the mini golf course, because like, literally, just what you said. Where the fuck would I go rent a mini golf course from for my event? Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't exist. And it doesn't. I honestly
0: would have. I would have never have thought it would be as popular of like a search, let alone actually booking it. But as popular of a search on Google as it actually is, I mean, we really like no exaggeration just with SEO, not even paid Google. Um, we get about three to five leads a day for golf, just golf.
2: That's nuts. Rick, Rick well, is now, going to buy a mini golf course tomorrow. I, not five of them are booking
0: because we are very expensive mm-hmm. for our golf course because it has a lot of work to send out. And because we'd rather send it out for the corporate ones than cheaper for a backyard one and risk yeah. it getting scratched damaged. up or damaged or whatever. So, um, so because of that, we, we are, and we understand our place in the market that like it is expensive. And, um, so nine out of 10 people don't book it, but the one that books it makes it worth it for us to have it. Um, so, but because with that said, I mean, we do like, I mean, when you search, I think mini golf, portable mini golf anywhere in the U S let alone like East coast, uh, I think we're like one of the top ones that comes up. And so we do get a lot of, a lot of leads for that.
1: I was I was about to say how many how many times you've been sending quotes for like destination like they want it in fucking Florida or they want it in Kentucky or they want it in Cali.
2: We actually yeah, we actually
0: had a job that was like very very close to going through in California. Really? Uh, in Jesus. in like Hollywood area in a mall and um it was 18 holes of golf with fabricated pieces. We were going to have to send an 18 wheeler just with our stuff across. Holy shit. Um and the event was two weeks away. And I said, it's a weak transport with an 18-wheeler. We don't have time to build these things. Like, all I could do is throw golf in a truck and send it out now. Yeah. And that barely leaves us any room for error, too. I'm like, I'm just not too comfortable with it. And and they didn't have their assets ready and stuff. And so we couldn't make it happen. But, I mean, their budget their budget worked it for it. Like, we yeah. could have done it. Um, but it just it, – timeline didn't work out on that one. So we we've quoted golf to other states. It just – it is expensive so it's like you know if you're gonna pay more for the transport of it there and back than you will for the actual rental of the golf course and so for most people it's not worth it for it to leave like the tri-state area yeah we've sent it to delaware we had it in delaware for barclays center for their headquarters um we have three holes going to boston next week for a corporate company but really like east coast is where we stick to with it
1: three holes is that more like a just a gimmick sort of thing like
0: so just... that one's actually for a trade show it's for um, oh. a corporate company they they do like accounting software and development and stuff but they it was just like their theme that for their trade show booth yeah. they're doing three small holes that are very like branded and themed with their logo and everything and um, they're basically just like letting guests put around while they learn about it so
1: yeah just something to talk to them about. Mm-hmm. Just like you're on the golf course talking and chit-chatting. I can, I can see that, yeah. Man, it kind of reminds me, just in general, like when you talk about Cali, um, there's a lot of like photographers and videographers I've met that like have built a solid business. They live here on the East Coast, but they built a solid destination photography business out of flying to California, photographing weddings and events, flying back and their price point is cheaper than the photographers in California, but Mm -hmm. they're still making more than what they would here in North Carolina Mm -hmm. and they're getting a free vacation out Mm of it. Yeah, that's true because of just the, the limited amount of photographers that are good or whatever have it. But I remember my, my ex boss when I was in Ohio back in the day, he mentioned that to me and he was like, Ricky, help me figure out how we can do this for DJs because we need to figure out how we can do that for TJs. I was like, we got a lot more equipment to deal with man. <laughs> I don't know if that's possible.
0: <laughs> that's a lot, yeah. Yeah, there's um we've quoted out some crazy stuff to to leave and travel and transport and stuff and uh it's one of those things that like until you get in with an agency that really, really trusts you and only you and just wants to work with you, um, to bring you around to those places with them. It's tough because for the average person who like they're trying you as a new company to do that in another state is not practical because they could just try a new company in that state and it's way cheaper. Um, it's when that, it's when they try you in your state, like for an event in New York city, for a company that's gonna have events in other states Mm -hmm. and you knock it out of the park where they're like, wow, there were no issues. We want them to come to these other states with us because we don't wanna deal with trying new vendors or whatnot.
1: Yep. Um, So,
0: and unfortunately for them, it usually comes with, you know, the point of them having a bad experience or, mm -hmm. you know, having a catastrophe at an event that they, can't afford you know it's it's they they can't afford yeah
1: in in terms of the reputation it's Mm -hmm. they can't afford that as an agency um at the top of the hour i don't want to skip over um you do have a whole company that sells stuff that potentially djs and stuff would want or need out there um is there like do you guys have a website set up for that can people order it directly or is it just at like the djx show
0: yeah so uh we do have a website it's just redmaxproducts.com um we have some of our photo booth prop packs on there that you could check out with right on the site and we'll get them shipped out to you um and then we have like some staging cocktail tables and the other stuff we build as well on there um that stuff usually requires a custom (laughs) shipping quote based on the quantity but um the info is all kind of on there Mm -hmm. and we will be over the next few months adding a ton of new photo booth prop packs and uh even some other new products as well that uh could be helpful for djs and um we'll be probably releasing those mostly at dj expo but kind of like soft releasing that month the website as well uh yeah. but we do everything custom so if anyone wants custom photo booth props with their their company logo or whatnot as well we could do so
1: so yeah if you guys are listening right now or you're watching the video side of things if you need photo booth props or if you need something custom um hit up brandon i guarantee he can figure out how to fucking do it because uh these guys have figured, figured out, a out lot, everything a lot else, else. yeah exactly
2: <laughs> He figured out shit you'd have never thought of, so he probably can things you can think of. I need a fucking heart. So you know how Chavez, this is super quick. You know how Chavez came out with that uh, hard case for the gig bar finally recently? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw that, but uh, they need it for... All the other lights they have. The four bar. like because that's what we all fucking use. We am not going to be a real DJ I'm a real to i a real gonna
1: a and be like a you DJ using a gig be like, a you're using a gig bar, I a mean, uh, well,
2: well, it's the worst It's just a four bar. It's the oh, worst it's a, version.
1: It's a worst. Yeah, me. I need. little no, the a, I need a hard. bit of a Worst
2: version. of no, uh, it chi- you little bit of a little bit a little bit a a you know it, the
1: gig bar literally screams Spencers.
2: It really it, I have every Spencer light just in one bar. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. It's got like a bubble machine on it. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is this thing doing? Why? That, that's the that's
1: the next gig bar coming out, the gig bar bubble machine.
2: <laughs> it has like a laser light and a bubble machine. Or, no, we need one and with the, a
1: tip jar. <laughs> I want one with the touch uh the touch little electro thing where you can touch it and like the, right. the, yeah, the and glow it sticks with the electric.
2: <laughs> it's like the the light the Lightning like a sticks fi- here,
1: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, or yeah, and some lava yeah. lamps. Oh my god, lava <laughs> lamps. <laughs> all right, uh, but anyways, oh my god. So, um, you're gonna be at DJX, right?
0: We will be
2: there. Yep, we'll awesome
1: have a booth. So, uh, if you guys are not already going to DJX, um, I would say we would all here highly recommend going to DJX. It, from what we can understand now, it's the biggest DJ convention we have. Period. To yeah, go to, it's a good one. I mean, it's um,
2: unique. It's unique you know so and we will all be there so eric
1: will be there brandon will be there brandon will have a whole booth for all the photo booth props and customary stuff and you can talk to him about custom stuff i'll have a booth there we'll be doing both lighting all that good stuff um so yeah it'd be a good time maybe we can do a live podcast we've been talking about this something like that we'll see what's we'll be, up um, i know the internet is considerably shitty when it comes to Atlantic city so not sure if it'll be a video live podcast but we might be be able to put something together we'll see we'll see maybe we'll pre-record it we'll <laughs> anyways um brandon if people want to contact you reach out to you talk some uh shit and stuff like that where would they go
0: <laughs> uh facebook or instagram works um just my name search brandon iverilla really should come up um uh, mm-hmm. If you want to reach me, that's the easiest way is do my personal pages. don't call my company office phone or uh please office don't email. God. Good luck. Um, <laughs> but uh yeah so that's the easiest way just search my name on on instagram or facebook i'm, I'm gonna back
1: me i'm gonna back brandon on that if you want to get blacklisted from me ever wanting to talk from you, don't call my company you can call yeah. both lighting because Marcel's pick up that number, but don't call fusion. <laughs> yeah,
0: I was uh, gonna say, I mean, you can call my event company, but you're probably gonna be told them at a meeting, so right. call myself
1: and as be per meeting. the instructions you have given them. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, thanks, Brandon, so much for being on tonight. I hope you guys enjoyed this. If you guys are listening Here right goes. now, make sure you go over to YouTube, hit that subscribe button, check out Brandon and all of his sources um and yeah we'll see you guys uh next week and we'll be doing a solo podcast just me and eric um that was pretty popular last time so not sure what the hell we're going to talk about i don't think we'll ever really be sure what the hell we're going to talk about but it's gonna be a fun time so tune in next tuesday 9 p.m eastern standard time um or if you want to listen to it after the fact of course it's always available on spotify anchor apple Podcasts, all that stuff anyways thank you guys so much for tuning in eric any last words Goodbye. 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 Good night. (laughs) Good night. Peace out.